Hey friends, I'm Fernie and the pastor of Mid-City Church. I'm glad you're joining us. Uh, but you all know me, at least for the most part you know me. I want to introduce you to my friend Rachel. So Rachel is one of the biggest Disney fans that I know. Uh, trivia, she knows all the answers. And if, uh, I, I, well, I've argued with her many times to try to tell her she's wrong and she's always been right. Uh, I also know that uh, Lion King is one of her favorite movies. It is. And uh, so she's also written a Bible study or working on writing a Bible study. It's always in progress. It's at least in your mind. It's always in my mind, yes. Yeah, about the Lion King. And I'm, I'm excited for when she finishes that to be able to see that and work through that. But since today we're talking about the Lion King, I figured I just had to have Rachel uh, help me out today. So Yay. thank you for joining us. No, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be fun. Good. Yeah, I'm very excited. So... The Lion King is actually one of my favorite movies, but probably for a different reason than you and why it's your favorite movie. So uh, I went to a Methodist high school called Lydia Patterson Institute. It's a Methodist school in El Paso, Texas. And the mascot of this school is the Lions. And so my dad went there and then I went there when I was in high school. And when my dad was a student there, he actually would dress up as a mascot every once in a while. And uh, he started getting the nickname of Leon, which means lion okay. in Spanish. And so, like, that just stuck. Everybody who knows my dad calls him Leo or Leon now. Um, so when I went to school there, on the very first day, the history teacher, who also taught my dad, he looked at me and said, I'm going to call you Simba. <laughs> Your dad is Mufasa the Lion, and you're Simba. So throughout, uh, really, all four years that I was there, anytime that professor would see me in the hallways, he would always call me Simba. So that just stuck. So every time I, I see this movie... I think of my professor who would call me Simba. I think okay. of my dad, and it's just like, it, I don't know, it reminds me of my dad, and it makes me happy. I'm totally calling your dad Mufasa the next time <laughs> you I should. see him. Totally will. <laughs> um, and so it's funny you say that, because I've always actually pictured my dad as Rafiki, mm. which I know, Kent, I'm sorry, you're going to watch this, and Fernie just called his dad a lion, <laughs> and I called you a monkey. Um, but I, I've always found this really great parallel between the two, because my dad is kind of silly and funny and can be corny and cheesy but at the same time he's really spiritual and really wise and and can figuratively hit you upside the head with some knowledge whenever you need it and so I've always kind of thought in my mind like his avatar on our Disney Plus account is Rafiki he has always been Rafiki to me and so it's kind of always been our movie my dad and I's movie that we quote all the time the obscure lines and everything like that and so no it's funny we, we've got our fathers in different ways but again <laughs> apparently my dad's a monkey so <laughs> <laughs> that's funny I know your dad so it's even funnier to hear you say that <laughs> yeah but the other thing we we're talking about is is there's so many in this movie father figures right mm -hmm. like it's i think everybody hears james earl jones's voice as mufasa <laughs> and he's like the most classic father of all time mm -hmm. probably and you hear that voice and, and when we started talking about this and i pointed out rafiki we kind of realized there's so many other characters in here that really are dads to mm -hmm. simba and to the rest of the other characters in the book and so um I think Timon and Pumbaa is a really interesting one because everybody sees them as the comedic relief, right? But when you think about it, they kind of walk along Simba and raise him in a point in his life where he's at his absolute lowest. He feels completely lost. And they kind of are the person that walks alongside of him, eats grubs with him and sings and, and does all of those really fun things and gives him that kind of father figure in his life. Um, so what are the other ones you saw? Yeah, you, I I, uh, I don't know why uh, Scar stood out to me. Okay. So uh, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe it'll tell you a lot about me. But like Scar, at one point, well, really throughout the whole movie, Simba has this 
false narrative about himself. Yeah. Right? That he it's his fault that his dad died and it's his fault that everything that has happened happened. And it's really Scar that makes him believe that, right? And I think some of it, like, my dad did not do this, just so you all know. <laughs> but, like, I, I've, I've met a lot of people who have shared with me how um, their fathers led them to believe false narratives about themselves. Um, and that, like, that can be tough. Uh, and, and the reality is, like, there are people out there who have had a, a relationship with their fathers or father-like figures like that. Yeah. Yeah. What others? What others stood out to you? Zazu and people find him really annoying and I still think his speech of his morning report is one of the best things of all time that no one actually knows so he starts the whole thing it's their pouncing lesson wait I have to interrupt okay isn't that that song isn't that the reason why you don't like the real life version as much I just can't wait to be king no the sorry the the morning report Yes, because the morning report is iconic, and I didn't want them to edit it. <laughs> the buzz from the bees is that a leopards are in a bit of a spot, and of course the apes are going crazy over this. Like I, I'm messing some of the lines up, but like no, that is it's nothing but puns. It's phenomenal. <laughs> look it up. Go go look it up. It's phenomenal. But she no. loves Disney. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, I, I love the idea of thinking of Zazu because we always find him annoying, right? In the movie, he's meant to be the the bird, the, what does they call him? The billow beak or, or something, but he's meant to be really annoying. But to me, he's always really watching over Simba. He's the one that, you know, when Simba gets in the gorge, he's the one that goes back and finds Mufasa. He's the one that always is there as that person over them watching out. And so he's always kind of been that father. I mean, he's a, he's a little stiff, but you know, he's always with them and is trying to guide him through different things. And so I thought oh, he was in a, a different father figure that came to mind um, for sure. Any yeah. others for you? Yeah. Uh, um, um, Sarabi? Yeah. So uh, my parents are divorced, and there have, time, there have been times in my life when I've gone to my mom and just been like, look, I need to talk to you. I don't feel comfortable talking to my dad. I need to talk to you. And I thought about, like, how many times there have been women in our lives who have had to play a, a father-like role in our lives um, and help us through some things. And, um, yeah, like she she stands out to me a lot, and even I think at the at the very end of the movie when they're at Pride Rock, and she like she really helps him see like this was not your fault. Yeah, <laughs> like and, and I just find that so powerful. And also at the end of the movie too, it's interesting you point that bring that up because she's also kind of the father figure for that whole for all the other lionesses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like she's the one that stands up to Scar. She's the one that, that she she kind of became in the absence of Mufasa because let's be real, Scar was not an actual <laughs> yeah, king. No. She kind of became that father figure for the whole, that leader for the whole thing, too. That's a really good one. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of characters. Like, I think if we really sat here long enough, <laughs> we could probably find every character, right? How they are father-like figures to Simba. Um, but, you know, I've been thinking a lot about today on Father's Day and leading up to this and uh, thinking about this movie and the different father-like figures. I've been, I've been thinking a lot about the day that I become a dad. What kind of dad do I want to be? And so I've wrestled with, like, do I want to be like Timon and Pumbaa with my, with my kids? Or do I want to be more like, um, I, well, I definitely don't want to be like Scar. Um, you know, Mufasa is like this perfect father figure, right? So, like, I picture, like, when they're sitting and saying, like, everything the light touches, <laughs> right? Like, do I want to be that kind of dad? And I think the answer I've come up with is I want to be all of those minus Scar. I, well... In our conversation earlier, you said, like, there's some good things about Scar, I'll get to too. that in a second, yeah. But, but like, I want to be all of these because if I can be all of these, I feel like I would be a perfect dad. Yeah. And I wonder how many fathers out there feel like they have to be perfect. Probably a lot. I mean, I don't have any kids. I have a dog, and that's totally enough for me right now. But 
probably a lot. I feel like the pressure is so high and then you have this ultimate father figure in God, right? And so he is the perfect father. And so to your point, how I kind of picture God is kind of all of those characters in this movie. Mm. It's kind of the, you know, the big stature of Mufasa. It is the watching over me like Zazu. It's the friend walking beside me like Timon and Pumbaa. It's Sarabi taking on all of the roles I need her or him to be. But then it's also kind of Scar because as evil as he was, he really did plan out exactly what he wanted to do with his kingdom. And it wasn't for good, but I mean, I like to think God does that too. He's got it all. He can understand the whole picture. And so I think we always want that perfect father figure. And they're kind of a combination of all of those things we just talked about with all of these characters. And so I I don't think the perfect earthly father exists. No one's Mm -hmm. ever going to be perfect. But I do think we do have a perfect father in in God. And Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to see these parallels kind of play out. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, it's got me thinking about this scripture uh, in Matthew. It says this, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And I just like, it's, it's what you're saying is so spot on, right? Like if Scar knows what's good for the hyenas and can give them, you know, even food. Like, it's a horrible gift, right? Like, <laughs> doesn't give them enough food, but gives them food. Like, if Scar understands that, how much more does God understand yeah. our needs and, right, cares for us and loves us? And, um, you know, I think for, for fathers out there, like, I'm not a dad. Uh, Katie reminded me earlier that I'm a, a dog dad. Um, but I, I will say, at least for, like, Zoe, um, there is a part of me that wants to be the best that I can be. Maybe you feel the same way with Beignet. Yeah. Um, but what if I could take away that pressure, right, and just, just be a dad? Um, well, what if I could tell myself I don't have to be the perfect dog owner? And for parents out there, like, not that they're dog owners, but, like, you don't have to be the perfect dad. No. And, and the reality is... Um, as children, we also don't need you to be perfect, right? Like, we want, we want you and we want your best, but the only perfect person being out there is God, right? And so I wonder, um, knowing that God is perfect, I wonder if that can bring us, particularly fathers out there today on Father's Day, if, if that'll give them... Um, a sense of peace, knowing that uh, whether they are like Scar some days or like Timon or, or Timon and Pumbaa, I have to include Pumbaa, or uh, whatever kind of father they may be or are or, or whatever kind of father you think you are today, uh, if, if part of your definition is that you're not a perfect dad, it's okay. Only God our Father, only our, God our Heaven is only God, our Heavenly Father, is perfect, is what I'm trying to say. And so I hope that um, for everybody who's joining us today, I hope that you will know and give yourself some grace to not be perfect. Give yourself some grace to uh, have fun with your kids like Timon and Pumbaa, to uh, maybe even eat some bugs, um, <laughs> to allow other people uh, to, to uh, be a father to your kids as well, to, to give yourself grace to not be perfect today and every day. Because even though you're not perfect, even though we're not perfect, God is. And God is ultimately in control of all things. Yeah. Amen. Well, is there anything else you want to share? 
We could. I, we were talking about this. We could probably talk about this movie, and I could make parallels for yeah. forty-five minutes. Um, now, I think on Father's Day too, one of the big things I think about when we had this conversation is I think one of the ways I look back as as a kid that was really helpful for my father is he would he would bring me to church, and he was how I saw the church. Mm. And when I got here and seeing the community, specifically at First Church, that my dad was part of this community. It was part of the church community. That was a bigger thing. And even when he would drag me out of bed on a Sunday morning and make me get dressed, and I was like, I don't want to go, realizing that that really did set that precedent, and he kind of set that. And I think the biggest way to be a great father, if I've learned anything from my dad, uh, to be a great parent, is to just truly show God's love through Mm. your love. Mm. And my dad says that all the time, that we are not his kids, that we're God's kids, and he's just babysitting us. And I think he always tries to very much imitate God's love to us. And I think that's, again, not a dad, but from what I've learned from Kent, I call my parents by the first name, but from what I've learned from Kent is if you love your kids how you think God loves your kids, you're never going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Well, I, I think you, you just more eloquently said what I was trying to say. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I think for, for you dads out there or father-like figures out there, um, knowing that you're not perfect, knowing that I'm not perfect, that we're not perfect, maybe our role um, as fathers and fathers-like figures is to point people to God, the one who is perfect, the one who can uh, give good gifts to the one who isn't evil. Maybe that's what we're called to be, not to strive for perfection, but to strive to point to God. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, listen, um, I want to encourage you right now to keep having this conversation at home. So maybe you can have this conversation with your family or coworkers or friends. And the way you can do that is by texting the word GROW, G-R-O-W, to the number 225-307-0662. And you'll get a text message with a link to a home sheet. And it's going to include the scripture we talked about today, a couple of questions to continue wrestling with this, and even a uh, action plan as to how to... Um, uh, put all of this that we talked about into action and in, in, uh, in your life. So I want to encourage you, watch the movie. It's a great movie. Maybe you'll find other father-like figures in the movie that remind you of people in your life. And Rachel, I want to thank you for joining us. No, thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm Anytime. Glad we, good. I'm glad we were able to do this. <laughs> well, I, I look forward to seeing you next week. And remember, I love you, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Happy Father's Day, y'all. <laughs>